Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Well, good morning, church. How are you guys doing? You sound like you're awake. (laughs) Good, good. It is good to see you. It's good to be in person. I know things aren't ideal yet, obviously, right? But we are still so thankful to be in person. Amen? Yeah, this is good. Just to worship together. Something powerful happens when we worship together in the same place, right? So good. Well, are you guys ready to hear the word again this morning? We're in this series called Summer in the Psalms. Have you enjoyed the series so far? It's been good, right? I've found it's been really powerful, and I've just been blessed by it already. The guys have done an awesome job, and it's just going to keep being powerful, I hope, right? So um, we're going to jump into another psalm this morning. I hope you're ready for this. Let's just start with prayer, and then we'll jump in. God, thank you so much that... Um, you are here. God, you, you, you beat us here this morning, and we're grateful. We're grateful for all that you have for us. Thank you that you still speak today, and that you want to you wanna speak to us this morning. And so we just invite you here, Holy Spirit, to come to speak through me and way beyond me, God. Yeah, touch each person here. Amen. Okay, so we're going to be looking at Psalm 103 this morning. So if you want to join me by opening your Bible or your phone or just follow on the screen, that's totally fine. We're going to be taking kind of a close look at it, and we're going to um, kind of do a bit of an expository kind of look at Psalm 103, verse by verse, for the first chunk, all right? And so, you guys good? You ready? Okay, awesome. Psalm 103. This is a Psalm of David, and verse one it says, Praise the Lord my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. This is cool, right? David, he kind of starts this psalm out by by talking to himself, talking to his own soul. And he's kind of having this this pep talk with himself. Have any of you guys ever ever talked to yourself, first of all? (laughs) Have you talked to yourself? Yeah. I mean, I I talk to myself maybe more than I like to admit. Um, And and I even have pep talks sometimes with myself. I think I did this morning. Again, I had had a pep talk. And it's just like we kind of stir ourselves to action in some way or other, right? And, and so that's kind of what David is doing. He's talking to his soul. And, and I think it's cool we get to overhear his pep talk. And, and he's, he's, he's talking, he's, he's kind of preaching to his soul, commanding his soul, come soul, come all of my inmost being. And it's like he's saying, join my lips and let's praise the Lord with my inmost being. And so he's addressing his soul, right, which is his mind, his will, his emotions, his inmost being, which helps us see that David is talking about a deep kind of praise, a deep kind of praise, the kind of praise that goes way beyond shallow words, right? The kind of praise that goes beyond um, just shallow words, but the depth of his being, every part of his life, he's calling himself to praise God with his everything. This is also a kind of praise we can see that, that goes beyond his, his feelings and his circumstances. And, and, and he's calling himself to praise beyond how he feels. It, it comes from a place of choice. 
And it comes from a place of obedience and not just emotion. And so even even in this first verse of Psalm 103, we can start to see a really powerful life principle that our praise, it needs to come from the depth of our soul. And it needs to be something that's not only an emotional response that we express when it feels like a natural response to our circumstances. Our praise should be something that we choose in obedience no matter what's going on in our lives. And our emotions can catch up later, right? And so that's what David is showing us. So what I want to encourage us this morning, the first thing I want to encourage us with is to praise God no matter our circumstances. And so I want to ask you, what have you been facing what have you been facing? What, what's, what's been going on in your life? Have you been dealing with fear or, or loss or sickness or, or, or just a, a dry spirituality? What have you been facing in this season? Has it felt difficult to praise God in this season? I know it has at times for me. It's felt difficult at times to, to praise God in this season and focus on his goodness. But I know, I know that it's so often the most impactful times with God. My most impactful encounters with God are in times when I praise him through the storm, right? And and so I just really believe that that God is glorified as we praise him through our storms in life. And so I want to encourage us with that this morning, all right? Then in verse 2, he continues to command his soul to praise. And so we see in verse 2, Praise the Lord, my soul. He says it again. And then he says, and forget not all his benefits. Beautiful, right? Forget not all of his benefits. And then in the following verses, he begins to use his mind and he begins to use his memory to, to stir up and kindle his praise even more. He, he, what a powerful principle, right? Right? If we think about this idea of calling our, our, our souls to praise and worship by remembering all that God has done, using our mind and our memory, there, there's power in remembering, isn't there? There's, there's power in remembering. I, I, I'm a forgetful person by nature. I, I'm a forgetful person. I forget so quickly what God has done. I forget his benefits so quickly, right? But David is saying, remember Don't let forgetfulness prevent you from praising. (laughs) And so I want to, what I want to do is I want to go with David down memory lane this morning. And I want us all to kind of personalize this as we go down memory lane. Just, just pretend like you're, you're walking down memory lane with David. Just imagine yourself going down and we're going to remember some of the things that God has done. And he points these out as we continue in Psalm 103. In verse three, it says, the Lord who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. So here, David, this is his first stop on memory lane, right? And he's, he's remembering God's faithfulness in forgiving our sins. And then along with that, he's talking about a God who heals our diseases. Now, we know that God is our healer, 
physically as well, right? He is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. But in this case, a lot of scholars speculate that that David was probably using this word diseases in more of a spiritual sense. It's kind of synonymous to this idea of forgiving our sins, right? He's talking about um, um, healing from the negative effects that sin has in our life. And so this is his first stop, and rightfully so. You know, because he's probably remembering a lot of the things that he's been forgiven for. We know David did some pretty crazy stuff, right? He did some pretty bad stuff. And, and, and we know that he's probably reflecting on God's faithfulness in forgiving him. And I think it's powerful when we remember God has forgiven us. God continues to forgive all of our sin as we confess it to him. 1 John 1, 9, we all know it. It says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It's a very familiar verse. It's a very familiar idea. But I don't think we stop often enough and consider the incredible weight that this truth carries, that we are forgiven. He's faithful and just. He forgives us perfectly. He forgives perfectly, no matter what we've done. Not just some sin, not just most sin, but all sin. He forgives us perfectly. Not like our relationships where forgiveness is so often imperfect. He forgives, right? Every time we allow anger, every time we allow pride, envy, bitterness, lust, greed, Fill in the blank with whatever it is for you. Every time, past or present, God forgives perfectly anything that's not of him. And I I, I think it's just powerful as we walk down memory lane and we see all the ways that we fall short. Remembering God's amazing grace. How he forgives and how he heals us spiritually from these negative effects like, like guilt and shame and condemnation. That's what that's talking about. He brings freedom from those things. Isn't that powerful? He brings freedom. God wants to free you. I think some of us need to hear that again this morning. God wants to bring freedom. Realize that you can, bring, you can have freedom and forgiveness from whatever you're struggling with. Whatever sin you're struggling with or bondage you're experiencing, God wants to free you. He's ready to free you. And so we have to give our stuff to him. He says, bring it to me. (laughs) Bring it to me. He's ready. It's powerful. Then David, he continues to just reflect on God's redemption of us. And he says in verse four, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Redeems your life from the pit. He's talking about the life-changing reality that instead of allowing us to die a spiritual death in the pit of hell, God in his amazing love and compassion, he chose to pay our ransom and he sent Jesus to die on the cross, giving us life in eternity with him, positioning us in royalty with God, crowning us with his love and compassion It's awesome, right? So he's just on this redemption thought. And and he's just saying, in the same breath as forgiveness, this idea that we have eternity with God. 
He saved us from an eternal separation from him. What an awesome reminder. (laughs) What an awesome reminder. In verse five, he goes on, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. (laughs) This verse, it's saying that God satisfies our desires. That's a beautiful Beautiful idea. I, I love the idea of being satisfied. When I think about satisfaction in my head, my mind immediately goes to how I feel after an awesome steak dinner. You know? It's like I, I feel good, right? I, and when my dad makes steak, I mean, it's like I eat so much, I don't need anything else. Like I am satisfied, I am good. And this verse is saying that God satisfies us in this way and obviously so much more than our bellies feeling good, right? Spiritually in all of that, he satisfies our desires. And I think it's when we align our desires with his that this kind of satisfaction happens. And so we need to submit our desires to God. I think that's an important thing we should pull from this verse is we need to to pray, God, help me want what you want so that I can have your satisfaction, so that I can feel satisfied by you and that I'm not trying to fill any void with other things. He satisfies our desires so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. (laughs) I I love this picture because it's actually, it's an analogy that David is giving us. And it's beautiful because Eagles were known for their strength and their vigor, despite their age, no matter how old they got. No matter how old eagles get, I don't know if you knew this, but they're, they're strong, they're agile, and, and they're, they're just, despite their age, they're, they're vigorous in their life. They're vigorous in the way that they live. And so David, when he's writing this, this psalm, he's probably getting up there in his years. Um, and, and so what he's saying in this verse is that as we align our desires with his, with God's, God sustains us with a spiritual vigor despite our age. He sustains us, guys, with a supernatural energy and enthusiasm for his kingdom. He, he makes us fruitful in his kingdom despite our age, despite our past. He makes us fruitful. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Isaiah 40, verse 31 speaks about this as well. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They'll soar on wings like eagles. (laughs) They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not be faint. I want to ask you this morning, have you felt dissatisfied? Have you felt discontent? I want to encourage us that we got to put our hope in the Lord. We gotta align our desires with his and he will satisfy us. How encouraging is that, right? (laughs) It's encouraging, I love it. And then David goes on in verse six, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. It's good to know. It's good to know that God cares about justice and God cares deeply about bringing justice for the oppressed. Then David, he goes way back down memory lane and he says in verse seven, he made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. He's going way back and he's remembering God's faithfulness and God's revelation to Moses and the people of Israel. And then we see kind of a shift in verse eight. 
he begins to go from remembering what God has done to remembering some of the attributes of God and just focusing in on some of the attributes, some of the characteristics of God. In verse eight, he says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He's compassionate. And what that means is just simply that the Lord cares deeply about our suffering. The Lord cares deeply about the things we're going through. Isn't it comforting to know that God cares deeply and he's ready to help? He's, he's moved to help when we are suffering, when we are going through hard times, hard times. He's ready to help. He's compassionate and gracious. And then it says he's slow to anger. Aren't you so glad? I am so thankful that the Lord is slow to anger. I am so thankful because I am sometimes so not slow to anger. Like my inability to be slow to anger is like something I'm so not proud of, right? Like, like even the day-to-day -day stuff, you know, like when I've told my kids for the hundredth time, it feels like don't jump on the sofa or, or whatever, right? And they're still doing it. And it's like, man, I'm not slow to anger and I'm so thankful that God is slow to anger. And no matter what I do, and I do way worse things than jump on the sofa, right? I mean, I, I sin over and over, and yet he is slow to anger, and he still loves me. He's abounding in love, is how that verse ends. He's abounding in love. And then it's beautiful. David begins to go on about that, that abounding love of God. He begins to expand and illustrate this love. And he tells us God loves us so much that he will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. Thank you, Jesus, right? Or repay us according to our iniquities. He's talking about God's forgiveness again. And despite the fact that we deserve hell, he showers us with grace and mercy. Then in verse 11, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. He's illustrating this in a beautiful way. We can't measure the distance from heaven to earth. We can't measure it. And in the same way, he's saying God's love for us is immeasurable. Verse 12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. It's unfathomable for us to, to realize and to think how far God has removed our transgressions from us. We can't wrap our heads around this distance from east to west. That's hard for me. I, I can't figure it out. But what this verse is saying is that God has completely removed our transgressions from us, which means that he doesn't see, we're no longer tainted by our sin. We're no longer tainted by our sin. God doesn't see our sin when he sees us anymore. That's what Jesus did on the cross. He doesn't see our sin anymore. He removes it from us completely. Then in verse 13, it says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. So David, he's kind of finishing this string of verses explaining and describing God's love for us. 
And he finishes with this beautiful thought that God's love and compassion is like a father's compassionate love for his kids. Beautiful, right? I I know there's lots of fathers in the room. I'm a father of three uh, with a fourth on the way, and I'm always just reminded as I parent my kids, the way that I feel about my kids, the way that I love them with everything that I can, as much as I can, I love them deeply. I care deeply about their suffering, about everything that they go through. I care so deeply. And as I think about the way that I parent and the way that I feel about my kids, it's just such a good reminder in this verse to realize that this is just a small taste of how God feels about me. It's powerful, right? It's powerful when we realize that God feels deeply about us. His love is, is, is a crazy love for us. And the Bible is full of awesome pictures of God's love and how he feels about us, but probably my favorite is the picture of the prodigal son. Because that's me so many times, right? So often that's me. But we all know the story, right? The prodigal son, he, he runs away from his father. He goes and he wastes his entire inheritance. He, he goes, he does a bunch of bad stuff, sins a whole bunch, and he gets to a point in his life where all he can hope, all he can hope is that his father will let him come back and just work for him and just be a servant. Gets me thinking, aren't we often like that too? Don't we often have that mindset as well? We have a bit of a servant mindset where we just hope that we can serve God enough that we can earn his love, right? But the prodigal son, as he's coming down the driveway, he doesn't even get through his whole speech. He's got this speech all prepared. He's, he's, got, he's, he's ready to just, just convince his father to let him work for him. But he doesn't even get through his whole speech. And the father is calling out orders to his servants saying, guys, get a robe, get a ring, get some steak. We're having a party. My son has returned. My son has returned. He was waiting with open arms. And it's such a beautiful picture of how God feels about us. He's waiting with open arms, his love and his compassion for us, for us exactly where we are today, is amazing. He's ready for us to walk into his open arms with whatever it is that we're going through, whatever it is that we're struggling with. No matter how unacceptable or how unworthy I might feel, God says, I love you. God says, I accept you. God says, I made you worthy. Isn't that amazing? I made you worthy. That's what he says. Can we praise him for that right now, actually? Just thank him. God, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Father, that you made me worthy when I was so unworthy. You made me a son and a daughter. You called me. You welcomed me with open arms. What a beautiful call to worship. What a beautiful call to worship. David is calling himself, he's preaching to his soul and to all of our souls and saying, come and worship a God who has redeemed us, 
a God who has accepted us and loves us as a father loves his kids. Look at the goodness of God. We have so many reasons to worship him. We have so many reasons to praise him. He's so worthy. How could I not respond with my praise and my worship? How could I not respond when I, when I allow my memory to, to help me realize what God has done? We are so blessed. I, I, I think about, of course, this, this big picture. I, I can testify from my own life this big picture of salvation and what Jesus has done for me. I, I testify to that. And I also testify to just the day-to-day -day things that God blesses us with. And I've seen his hand in, in our family's life so many times. I mean, I just think about how he's, he's placed us where we are in life with purpose, with significance. I mean, that just is such a blessing to see how he's surrounded us with, with the family that he has and, and the church that he has. What a blessing, what a reason to praise him. And I look at even just my personal life with, with my kids and just how amazing it's been, just the health even, that he's blessed us with in these last years. I mean, I am so grateful. One of the examples that's always right in the front of my mind is just the incredible work that we've seen God do in our little four-year-old's life, our, our daughter's life. And, and as many of you guys know this, our, our story, but basically just despite the fact that she was born with, with a few serious heart defects and she had to have open heart surgery when she was three weeks old, um, we've had four years of just normal, healthy life with Avery. I get emotional because God is so worthy. It's amazing if we take a second and reflect on what he's done in our lives. And I just, I invite you this morning, take a second and reflect. Because I know if you look, if you think for a bit, you will see God's hand all over your life. I know you will. I know you will. His hand is all over your life and it's powerful when we let this stir our praise. How could I not respond by worshiping this God? With my inmost being, right? I owe God everything. How could I not worship him with my everything? I, I love this psalm. I love so many of the psalms because we see that one of the common themes, one of the main themes is, is praise and worship, right? It's packed with this. And, and David, I think, I think it's because David knew that a, a heart of praise and worship changes everything. There is so much power when we praise because praise shifts our focus from our problems to God's perspective. Sorry, <laughs> I'm gonna start over. Praise shifts our focus from our problems to God's presence. It changes our perspective. It shifts us. It shifts our eyes from our problems in the world around us. And it shifts our eyes to God and his presence. That's what praise does. Psalm 22, it tells us that God inhabits the praise of his people. And so we can be sure that where praise is, God is. 
We can be sure, right? And, and God's presence changes everything. I know in the past year and a half, these have been trying times for many, if not all of us, right? And, and it's been easy to focus on our problems and to feel like the world around us and all of the negativity around us is just completely overwhelming, right? But when we praise God, our focus begins to shift and he meets us in that place. He meets us in that place and he begins to deposit his love, his joy, his peace, his faith in our hearts and in our minds as we, as we praise him. I, I know that praising is so much more than, than singing, but I believe there is a reason that it's so often in times of worship and praise that we feel his presence through Holy Spirit. And we begin to feel that, that download of his love and his, his, his joy and his peace and his faith come upon us. We experience the power of God in our lives because worship brings us closer to God and it, and it magnifies our view of Jesus. It magnifies our view of Jesus and at the same time minimizes our view of the world. That's why it's so powerful. I can remember so many times, even in these last few weeks, um, and I've just been, this is a life lesson for me through many years, but even in these last few weeks, even this last week, where I've felt overwhelmed by my circumstances or what I'm up against. And then I take some time, I, I pick up my guitar or I, or I just take some time and I turn on some, some worship music and I just take some time and begin to express my praise and thanksgiving no matter what I'm facing. And, and I just allow, it's amazing how when I allow God to shift my perspective back to him, I feel peace. <laughs> it takes my perspective off of my problems and it takes my perspective off of my own abilities and it just helps me to see God is so in control. Praise sends out worry. Praise sends out fear and anxiety. There's no room for fear and anxiety and worry where there's praise. Isn't that awesome? Praise is a weapon that takes down the enemy and at the same time builds our confidence in God. That's what I'm saying. And so, how many of us want to take down the enemy's influence in our lives, right? And I just want to encourage us this morning, start with praise. Start with praise. He inhabits our praise. He reveals himself when we praise shifts our focus. Another thing that praise does, praise aligns us with God. When we worship God, we're aligning our hearts with his heart. And, and, and as we worship God and we bring all the glory, all the honor to him, we're just putting him in his rightful place as king over our lives. And, and that, that kind of surrender where we're allowing God to correct us and direct us in every way, our mind, our will, all of it, our desires. We're just surrendering to God, our King. This kind of worship, where we have this complete surrender, this is the kind of worship that, that positions our hearts for God's revelation in our life. 
and for God's move in our life, this kind of alignment, it sets us up for God to come and bring breakthrough in our lives. This kind of praise. And so I encourage you this morning, if you need a move of God in your life, if you need revelation or breakthrough in your life, and don't we all? (laughs) Start with praise. Start with praise. Our, Our need for God's presence should motivate us to praise God with our everything. Let's be a church that is so desperate for God's presence that we are a church full of worshipers, a church full of praisers, right? Where where we are focused not on all of the discouraging stuff around us, but we're focused on praising God because it puts us where we need to be and aligns us with him. Let's let this stir our souls this morning, amen? Yeah. I just want to finish by reading the rest of Psalm 103 because I think it's such a beautiful psalm and I don't want to leave it undone. So we're going to read this kind of from verse 14, all right? For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it's, and it's gone. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. With those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. It's basically saying as we keep his covenant, as we obey his precepts, the Lord is faithful His love is with us from everlasting to everlasting. Despite our frailty, despite the fact that our life is like a flower of the field, the wind blows and it's gone. It's it's not a long part. It's just a small part of the big picture. Despite all that, God loves us deeply. And then in verse 19, David, he kind of goes on this grand finale And he begins to just invite all of heaven and all of earth to join him in praising the Lord. He says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and all his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. He is worthy. He is worthy. And I I just felt, as I was preparing for this weekend, I just felt like God was saying that the heart of the message this weekend is just so simple. Remind all of us to focus on his faithfulness. Focus on his faithfulness. Remember all that he's done for us and let that bring us to a place of praise and worship. Whatever your season looks like right now, I encourage you to focus on his faithfulness. Imagine how this could impact your life. If what I said is true and I deeply believe it is, there is power in our praise. Imagine how that could impact your personal life. Imagine how that could impact your kid's life as they see you praise and as they begin to praise and worship and give thanks 
It's powerful. I want to invite us to make this next week and, and hopefully much beyond this next week, make this a week of worship. Make this a week where we go out of our way to praise God more. Set apart some time, right? If that's not already part of your daily routine, set apart some time. And if it is already part of your routine, set apart more time. <laughs> if you don't know where to start, just turn on some worship music and just begin expressing and verbalizing your praise and your thanksgiving to God. And I believe he will meet you in that place and we'll see him move powerfully in our lives. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.